0: You need KRVN.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of things happening in the market. That isn't anything that's happening in the market. Having said that, there's not a lot to talk about. Folks are seeing some lower numbers in the grain complex, some mixed to higher numbers on the livestock side, obviously taking advantage of the lower numbers in the grain complex. Basis has been on the mixed to weaker side as well. And we'll take a look at what's all going on with that with PJ Conrad. PJ is with Trade Us. So. Looking, we saw the numbers of the midday just continue on that lower track for, for all of the, the grain side of it. When you're looking at those numbers, it's kind of a quiet Monday with not a lot going on.
0: You know, it really is, Susan. You know, like I said before uh, we got on here, I said, I you know, it seems like the markets did some things today. But I don't know if there's a ton of rhyme or reason uh, why they did what they did. I will say corn for how weak it was, kind of on the open and through the first half hour, hour of trading, to close down to and above some uh, support levels was definitely a step in the right direction. Where we go from here is anybody's guess. I, I suppose, but we we jumped off that six seventy nine support level and bounced back kind of at six eighty three. We closed what six eighty two. Call it. kind of right there what they call a pivot point where we could maybe try to make a run back towards six ninety or could slide back towards six seventy three. But really you look back at the even the last month or so outside of a run at seven for about two or three days, we've just stayed in the six eighty to seven dollar trading range and it seems like trade's looking for one reason or another to take it higher or lower. But the catalyst of that is you know we've we've fed it some bullish things, we've fed it some bearish things. And I think those factors still exist to the tuna of exports have been poor and, and aren't gaining a ton of steam uh, towards the right side of things. But then you look on the, the flip side, exports being poor, and on the other side of that, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Ukraine, Russia still, that's always a question mark, and probably will be until it's not. And South America is starting to get some beneficial rains. They're getting their crop planted. So that's probably more of the bearish factor as we lean into the uh, what, end of October here and look at November as we flip the calendars.
1: There's so many outside market influences that are weighing on it, starting with the export side of it. With our dollar and the way we have been pricing our grain, is this just going to continue to knock us out of the market opportunities?
0: It sure seems like. I mean, the strength in the dollar, and this has been two weeks ago, but we were, it's all relatively the same, you know, overpriced by uh, the high end, $1.40, and the low end, $0.40. So those are some big values to try to overcome, especially with our own logistical issues, trying to get corn out of the south and out of the the uh, Mississippi River and barges moving south. But this rain coming across the Midwest, uh, albeit not a ton for the state of Nebraska, but it is moving uh, east and going to help at least maybe some logistics and get some more water flowing down the Mississippi and hopefully get barges running back at capacity it would not hurt exports one iota.
1: And that definitely has kind of put a wrench in the deal. And we kind of talked about this during the, the weekend program is the fact that there's that looming uh, strike that could still possibly happen from a from a train perspective. So there's just a lot of factors that are weighing in on these grains.
0: You know, it's, uh, it's like anything anymore. Nothing's normal. And if it's not <laughs> one thing, it's another, right? I mean, you, you go from having barge issues, uh, rail strike, we thought we had figured out. And obviously, they weren't all on board. we go back to the drawing board and hopefully get something corrected there i think ultimately whether it be corn beans wheat uh you name it we need the logistical system to handle what it needs to handle and be efficient and it hasn't been this year which so far hasn't caused us any major issues but the longer it goes on and and if we do have a rail strike for any prolonged period of time and if we do this export deal uh, hopefully we get back up to uh you know, full strength running barges down the Mississippi. But you're already, what, probably two weeks, two to three weeks of reduced shipment, so to speak, uh going south. And that's just bushels that are hard to make up. I mean, you can't just plop down, you know, 100 more barges to make that up. So we, we're going to fight that the rest of the year. And I think that's one thing we got to wrap our heads around. And it will be interesting to watch on these USDA reports, WASDE reports coming out in November and December, what they do with that export number because uh, logically you would think they would have to scale that back just for some of our logistical issues Uh, but uh, sometimes logical and and usda don't exactly (laughs) go in the same sentence either
1: there's a lot of truth to that uh from a basis perspective i mean are we going to continue to see some quietness uh going on and maybe some pullback a little bit in the countryside
0: you know that's a great we were just having that conversation in here and i think it's a it's a mixed bag I, i do think you got some parts of the state and in Iowa that's really starting to get in the meat and bones of harvest and you got areas in Nebraska that are hey combines put away and we're gonna clean it up now and harvest is over and I think that's gonna be the kind of the test of time I guess as we go through the next two weeks here but by and large you're gonna see a lot of harvest be completed by uh, say November 7th through the 10th and after that I don't know what opens a bend door um, outside of you know 750 plus corn or you know, it's gonna be a going to be a round number or it's going to be a price value more than anything and i think we could definitely see basis scream higher uh last half november december those are historically great times to move grain from a basis aspect and you couple that with the fact that basis is already strong and and a good you know by and large a good financial year for most guys so there's not probably the rush to move something before the end of the year to get some extra money uh, a lot more probably deferment going on, and I just have a hard time thinking, guys, after the long summer they had irrigating, and, and even if they didn't have to irrigate, just fighting this hot, dry weather all summer, that they want to get too excited bef- until after the first of the year to do anything. So I think, uh, you know, in the short term, maybe you see a little bit of weakness in basis, but I'm still a pretty big, uh, I guess, basis bull as we go into uh, Thanksgiving. And Christmas time frame, uh, just like I said, historically great times. And I think there's enough motivating factors there this year. And I think especially Nebraska, southwest, uh, southwest part of Nebraska had their issues.
1: Stick around, folks. More is coming up. It's the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
0: Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top yielding corn products had over a nine bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stu-
1: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad with Trade Us. And you and I were just talking during the commercial break about just how weird this harvest has been. I mean, and you alluded to it a little bit in the in the front half when you were talking about how extremely dry this summer has been for these producers. Now they're just trying to get the crop out of the ground and they're getting hit with high winds and fires. I mean, just in Nebraska and Kansas alone, the amount of field fires, you know, we're talking thousands of acres and so i did, we did have a listener wondering at what point is chicago going to go okay it really is bad in the midwest
0: you know i think that's a fantastic question and i i do agree we're we're way unseasonably dry and uh we need, really need a big uh as much as you hate to say it a big winter of snow to help uh replenish the soil i think the battle uh you know, take boots on the ground and, and wherever this, uh, caller's from, uh, listener's from, uh, to Chicago or just people trading in general. Um, it's bad here and it's dry. And really you pick anywhere across the Midwest, we're dry. Uh, kind of Western Corn Bell, I guess I should say. But I do think, and I hate, it's not that I'm not sympathetic to the drought that's going on. Uh, but when you look at it on paper and you say, yes, it is dry here. But why does that matter today to the tune of uh, commodity prices? It probably doesn't as long as South America gets their rain and we get a decent mm-hmm. crop out of them. This will be a bigger deal to the U.S. come March, April, May when we're trying to plant. And if we are still very dry, which um, that's kind of a wild card, what kind of winter we have. But we're going to start off most likely at some sort of deficit uh, moisture-wise. And, you know, we said it last year, and I'm guessing it's going to ring true again this year, is weather is going to be at the forefront of the U.S. growing crop again, and it's going to, the market's are going to be very temperamental to the tune of getting rains or not getting rains. And every year that goes by, and we've had two now that have been pretty dry, uh, as last winter, no snow. So if we don't get, you know, a big snowpack this winter, we're going to fight the same thing this next year. And that's when the markets will start adding its risk premium to the u.s. crop it's just too early right now and if south america were to you know produce a monster it helps alleviate the global supply and as much as uh maybe we don't want to fight it or want to talk about it we are just that we're in a world market that south america can help us out when we have bad years and they can also be a detriment to us when we all have good years and you know, we saw that you know a short five years ago and beans were 110 under and corn was 40 under at harvest and we were staring at you know Sub eight dollar soybeans off the combine and uh, about three either side of three dollar corn off the combine. So uh, it's crazy how fast can change. So that's I one thing to kind of bring back to that is just keep your mind in that of of yes we're in a drought now. Yes we're in a tight carryout situation now. We're one big South American crop and one big uh, U.S. crop away from really replenishing the uh, the coffers so to speak and bringing a, a pretty big uh <clears throat> overset of grain on hand that i think you have to look at demand and high prices cure high prices and that's i'm fearful uh from a farmer level it, you gotta pay enough attention to say yes it's dry here yes we've had uh production issues but we're having demand issues at the same time and the longer china goes with the zero covid policy and their shutdowns that affects demand and just everything else worldwide what is going to bring demand back up and at $7 corn, uh, eventually you kind of run out of buyers. Yes, people need to eat, but there are other uh, substitutes, smaller grains, things that are cheaper that they'll make work in the short term, knowing eventually, like anything, like a sling, like a yo-yo, what goes down must come up and the same kind of with our production over time. We go through spurts of time where we're tighter and the world uh, uh, climate kind of slips on us. and We get hot and dry. Uh, we're a year away from being you know wet and warm and be growing great crops across a lot of different continents, so just something to keep your mind wrapped around and not get uh, backyarditis or be looking around thinking this has got to go higher uh, this XYZ reason corn has to go higher or beans have to go higher. Uh, just that's you get in these type of environments where inputs are high, and I'll keep saying it every time on the radio uh, be cognizant of where you booked inputs and be cognizant of what the price is. Because in the event something flips on you, that's where uh, you can give back a lot of, a lot of good profitable years in one year as well.
1: Can livestock or will they continue to take advantage of lower grain prices?
0: I think so. I mean, I really, uh, again, I feel like livestock are getting set up to maybe forge some new, new highs. Potentially, it just seems like the way things are setting up. We've we've had a lot of positivities in those markets, albeit not straight up. Uh, about like the grain guy saw. But the kennel guy is going to have his day, and we keep stacking to it. Things keep adding up. Um, I guess I'm optimistic, but uh, uh, there is expensive feed out there. So.
1: What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, PJ?
0: Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media platform at TradeOffs, LLC.
1: All right. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.